0: There's street trees that are dying and there are loads of trees dying in, in the properties. It's a matter of time. It's going to be really, really, it's going to be a different city in, in 10 years' time. Sadly, it's going to change. This is quite scary. Even their contractors are not aware of the Bora. They do not even have anything about the Bora on their website.
1: Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And it's the Mel and Mike team back in action again, Michael. Looking good?
2: Yeah, starting to get warmed up again to it. Uh, you know, still, still chasing show gardens and polishing and spit and polish and whatever you call it around. But, uh, you know, we're having fun now. Um, you know, the last last couple of weeks of show gardens is never really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're having fun, and it's great to be back again on radio, second week in a row, which is the first time for a long time, so yeah. that's great. Yeah, Nice to be back.
1: It is good to have you back. Now, um, one of the things that uh, people are always a, kind of a little bit in the dark about, and sometimes when they have too many of these on their properties, they're very much in the dark, are trees. And trees are one of the things that we should be planting more of. Don't you agree, Michael?
2: Uh, well, you've been to my house and I, it's just surrounded by trees. I mean, I, I love trees. I, I think they're gorgeous. And, you know, every time I see some, even pruning a tree, it breaks my heart, you know, kind of. Um, especially trees like they, to be pruned. Michael. Especially when, they, no, you know, a lot of people do it incorrectly. They don't consult experts. They don't, you know, sometimes mm. they take big, uh, big boughs off and things and they don't go and speak to the right people. And I've seen some horror stories in landscapes that I do and you get this tree that looks so misshapen and unhappy. Um, and, and, and people just, first of all they say, well I don't know who to talk to and I say, well you know, have you asked um, and, I, and I think it's our responsibility as landscapers as well to get to know um, the arborists and the, the tree doctors in the industry and go and speak to these people and refer people to them
1: Which is what we're going to do today yeah because I mean, I, I, I despair every time I drive out of my house and I look at that poor, poor little jacaranda not so little obviously, which is so completely misshapen now because it's been so awfully pruned because they will only come and prune the one side of it, which hangs over your property. Oh, that uh, happens yeah. too
2: often. And the Telegraph Pole Syndrome. You know, oh, yeah, we I mean, you've got those trees, which are split in half. I mean, yeah. I just,
1: but look, I mean, who knew when they planted those trees 80, 90 years ago? Easily, some of them like through Linden and areas like that, that there were going to be telegraph poles it's what, or it's electricity what peop, poles. It's
2: what people still do, though, Mel. They, I don't think they research the tree that they're planting as well. They still do it. They don't <laughs> no, look I at what, what is this tree going to become. No, yeah. but I've got, I've got yeah. the
1: prime example up the road from my house on the corner where underneath the jacaranda tree they have planted a fever tree, another acacia, a yellowwood, and uh, another tree as well, in the space of probably, I'd say, nine square meters, underneath the jacaranda and underneath the electrical wiring. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I look at this and I'm just saying, whoever told you to do that should be slapped roundly. But that's why we have somebody who's a total expert when it comes to trees and everything to do with them, who is a tree surgeon of Tree Works. And that's Julian Ortlep. Thanks for coming Hi, and Hi, Julian.
0: How's it? Thanks for having me.
1: Why did you get into being you know, a tree specialist rather than any other side of things?
0: It happened by accident. So um, I started studying uh, landscape architecture by correspondence. And then one thing led to another, and I got a job with a tree company. And, that's, and then I realized this is actually quite cool. And I then did a correspondence course with what was then called the NAA in America. And I went across and did my practical. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. You
1: know, It's one of those things, people say arboriculturalist, arboriculture, arborist. What, is there any difference between those? They're all the same kind of thing?
0: Well, it's arborist or slash tree surgeon, the, 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 the common, commonly known term. And oh, it's the same same thing, really.
1: Mm. But why is there such a need for them? I mean, surely, you know, trees grow, they do their thing. Obviously, you know, the people that you can get on the side of the road, oh, come and tree fella, you've got your local tree fellas.
0: Okay, so trees, and this is something a lot of people don't understand is that trees are part of infrastructure so they need to be maintained like you do your infrastructure Mm. so we'll look at maintaining our house painting our house whatever the case in terms of concrete or material if i can put you that way infrastructure the trees are the same they need to be be cared for they need to be um, maintained so that they their lifespans are are lengthened and that they perform or, or last as long as they can mm. in, in, in the environment that they're in. And we, re, you know, prevent them from, you know, identify issues and prevent them from tearing and falling apart and look after diseases, et cetera. So they need to be treated and put on an infrastructure register, really in sort of, you know, in, on an estate or whatever, and in your house, it needs to be part of your, your maintenance plan. mm
1: Michael, how, do you? Make, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just thinking because I, I, I know you love hugging trees, so you yeah. get up close and no, personal with them. I definitely hug
2: them, but I mean, it's a very interesting point that you bring up in, in terms of people in private houses. You know, what do they do? do? Do they, you know, when they have a schedule, what is it they should be looking for? Is it, is it looking after the health of the tree? The tree gets a checkup. Is that the kind of thing you're looking at?
0: Yeah, well, they they really, as you mentioned earlier, they need to be guided by a professional. Mm. And then what we do is we have regular maintenance schedules and we'll look at a tree. Often if you're doing general tree maintenance such as deadwooding and crown reductions and end weight reductions, that's a a job you need to look at in three years' time again. So Mm -hmm. it's not a... Not really an annual an annual event, but we have a, obviously a program where we follow up, and then every three years we will inspect your tree. So that's like the general maintenance. If there's other issues, where we, we put braces in and lightning conductors and so on, those we check on annually. Lightning conductors on a tree? Yeah. So when we put in a cable brace to hold a tree that's pro- structurally compromised, like mm. they have a what they what they, what we call included bark, two stems very close together, and one is likely to split off from away from the other. You see it quite often with celtus. Uh, celtus sinensis trees, uh, pin oaks often. So we brace them. And because you're putting a lot of steel up in a very high tree, we, we, t- we put in a lightning conductor as well, which is attached to that cable. So should there be a strike, the tree is protected. We, we do it also on higher trees and vulnerable areas where there isn't a cable mm. as an added protection uh, for that tree.
1: So then would it be safer to go and hide under that tree in a, in a thunderstorm or not, <laughs> no. <laughs> is the question. We're always told don't go under trees when it's like a th- uh, lightning storm, yeah? R-
0: yeah, remember it'll get discharged into the ground, so I don't know how, um, how safe it would be now. You can try it and tell us how it no, went. <laughs> I'm no, I'm
1: not going anywhere near it. I mean, my kids, they, they hear lightning and they immediately, oh. ah, we the house The house is going to be blown up, mom. I don't know why it's like this, this hectic thing about, especially here in Johannesburg. I mean, a, a little while ago, you know, we're having all those wonderful thunderstorms mm. and there was one that happened one night and somebody did a time, well, he did a whole bunch of different photographs mm. and then they compiled them together to see how many lightning strikes there were just over Santon. Mm. And he was doing pictures on a television. Photo lens, I think, from North Riding. Yeah. And it's frightening how many strikes there are in the thunderstorm.
0: And they're getting, these storms are getting more ferocious. I mean, and the amount of electricity that they seem to be pushing out is, I don't know, I just seem, seems to me like way more and way more powerful than I remember
2: growing up.
1: Uh, I think it just, um, we, we kind of, have selective memories. Maybe.
2: Like I trees. Know. I also felt there was a, a lot more activity out there. Really? During a storm. Yeah. I, I, I sit at home and I've got big trees around my property and I look and I say, please, not tonight kind mm. of thing. So no, I know exactly. It sounds like you need to have Julian coming,
1: coming to your house and make sure that all your trees are intact. You know what?
2: You know what the thing is? One of the questions and one of the observations that people are making is there aren't many of you around. Um, you know, you're few and far between. And, and also, you know, you, you mentioned educating yourself through the states and people are saying you can't really do that in South Africa. Um, I knew, I knew a, a tree doctor who was educated in Australia, for instance. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, is this true? Is this, do you have to go far and wide to be able to actually get up to speed with what's happening in the in the tree you, side of things? You know,
0: places like America and Australia and even the UK and Ireland. The industry is very old there. Mm. And they have a lot of expertise there. I mean, the the agricultural industry in in America, for example, is incredibly huge, and there's a lot of money that goes into R and D. They have agricultural colleges. You know, that, that's their job is, is, is agriculture, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they have these big fairs. I'm going to one in November, which is the Tree Care Industry Fair, and it's it's like the ranch Show of of tree shows. If I can put it, i have got all the equipment, all the suppliers universities everybody's there it's a huge huge thing we just we don't have that available to us so we belong to a couple of foreign we have memberships with a couple of foreign organizations and they send out a every two months we get a publication Mm. so you have to really if you want to stay up to date you've got to self-teach yourself you've got to stay up to date by making the effort to read the new stuff
1: no, it's it's like sitting there and thinking the the pool is actually shrinking. I mean, if you think about also from overseas, we've been hearing about how the horticultural colleges are battling with getting people to come and study, and I mean, if you don't have a place here, even in South Africa, and I'm I'm sure Michael will bear me out on this, that the amount of students who are now studying landscaping has diminished so much over like the last ten, fifteen years as well. Oh, five years,
2: it's it's, it's crazy. It's, it's been a it really has shrunk dramatically. To the extent where we had 30 walk in people five or six years ago, um, to, to the point is where you, you have to go and get 15 go fetch people, if you like, mm. to even start becoming interested, interested in our industry. So, you know, as an educator, you, you notice it straight away. And what we are finding is we have to go out and engage with schools and things. And, you know, you're almost going out there selling yourself and mm. selling our industry to kids who come up to you and say, well, I didn't even know you could work in the green industry, which is scary.
0: I think and, it's yeah. a sad reality: is that it seems like gardening is not being is not as popular as it was before. You know, if you think of previous generations, I uh, think back to my mother, and, who still gardens to this day, in her little garden you know, in her in a retirement village, uh, her mother and so on. Mm. They were all keen gardeners, but the world is changing, and I think people are changing, and 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 it is a problem because we need to continue. Gardening, and we need to keep it alive and keep it going. You know, I think it's also symptomatic of how professions are changing and people's mindsets. So, gardening, yeah, you know, we definitely work on it and it needs to be emphasized how important it is for us.
1: And especially when it's something as specialized as what you do, and yeah. there isn't somewhere we can actually go and really study it. I mean, I'm sure that if anybody said, oh, I want to be an arborist, I would send them straight to you, Julian, and say, Well, you need to go and learn at the knee of the master because there isn't really anywhere else to go and do it, is there?
0: No, there isn't. I mean, obviously, um, in-house sort of training is, is, is always a plus. Then from there, you'd maybe send somebody overseas for some some mm. um, exp- experience overseas, uh, attend a couple of conferences and, and get that knowledge from all these people who've got There's a wealth of knowledge over there.
1: Yeah, because I keep on saying to my kids, oh, they think, oh, no, I'm going to be an artist. I'm like, why don't you plant uh, paint with plants, okay? Go into food production. I think that's where the future is going to be, is actually – having somebody who can take care of trees that are starting, and I think it's going to get worse, especially what we're going to talk about, is how Johannesburg itself may end up being one of the former man-made forests and become now almost deserted of trees because of what's happening with the uh, polyphagous shot or borer but it, it, it's scary that there's so few people who seem to I mean they're all you know sitting there all especially all the millennials going oh no we want to be in touch with nature and we want to be so natural but they're not doing anything to learn anything about it they have no idea how to plant things so we're trying to teach them and this is where we I think we need to catch the school generation as Michael's been doing Going to schools and plying his ways. I mean, do you ever go out and do anything like that?
0: No, we don't. It's actually quite an interesting point. I, I actually we should we should you know we should get out there and promote the industry from, mm. from the agricultural industry as you do the, the the green other side of the green industry. Um, and, you know, that's also it's really exciting engaging engaging with people and, and doing those talks because I'm doing a lot of them now. Unfortunately, it's about the borer, mm. but we do do other talks when it's just general tree care and you know have those sessions with garden clubs etc it's worth, it's a good idea. We, we should actually be
2: promoting it. Mm. There are opportunities out there, I think, in terms of <clears throat> we've seen a lot of uh, school-based career expos on the go at the moment, and we just get ourselves a little stand there and we put our banners up. And wonder, and we get excited and we get passionate because mm. we are passionate about what we do. And, and the good thing is we're not just relying on an article in a magazine or whatever. We are actually engaging with people, and we're engaging with young people. It's quite amazing that how much interest they have shown. And, and maybe we've been a bit unfair on some of the generations saying they're not interested and maybe it's p- partly our fault in that we haven't got them excited. I don't know. Mm.
1: Well, um, one thing we're going to talk about quickly, just to change subject. Is there such a thing as a good small tree for a small property?
0: Yeah. Okay, um, tell us what. It, obviously it depends on, on, on the size, the situation um, and the location of the tree. Uh, you mentioned earlier you know, the wrong tree in the wrong place specifically about the power lines, you know, those trees were, mm. were the wrong trees for that for those spaces. But I mean, if you look at indigenous trees, you've got the, the lavender tree, which is a very nice little indigenous tree for a courtyard or a small garden.
1: I've seen them get up to 30 meters. Is that still considered a small tree?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know have you seen that in, in town in Joburg. No, not in. You see,
1: I've seen them at uh, the a Sisulu. Yeah, they, I think that's a different.
0: That's a different environment. Yeah. I haven't seen them that big in a garden. There's also obviously your false olive, which is a very nice uh, fast-growing tree. Mm. It gets that very nice old gnarled look very quickly that you find on, for example, old olive trees. Mm. And it actually, although it's very, the flowers are very discreet. Uh, you know, it's, they they are. Big clumps of tiny flowers, it brings a lot of life into the garden. Butterflies, bees, they they really, really do help with Is that with the Olea
1: or the Budlia? Budlia, Budlia seligna, okay. yeah.
0: Um and then of course you've got um the pom pom tree that's the day Love it. And uh, another very nice one which people don't often plant, which doesn't get very big in the gardens, and I might be pushing a little bit here, but is is the Umzum beet, which is a lovely yes. tree with a purple flower. And we need to start planting where well, we're gonna to have to be forced to be starting to plant more of these types
2: of trees as we lose the trees that we're going to lose in in the years to come. And we're talking about maintenance, Julian, and one of the things that came to mind, it's okay for me to take responsibility for the trees in my property, but I'm always getting my hands and wrists whatever slapped um, if I try to touch a tree on the pavement. But I never mm. see anybody looking at those trees on my pavement. So who does that?
1: Oh, I know. I, ca- wha- I know, I know, I know, street
0: trees. I can be brutally <laughs> honest here and say that it's not happening. It's not happening, yeah. You know, you can't have entity city entity that looks after the trees For example, that doesn't have teams of guys climbing in those trees. How do you do maintenance or something if you're not getting into it? Mm. That's very much a a reactive issue here from from a city point of view, I believe. And they are missing a huge opportunity. for, For example, employment. We could have teams of guys out there Mm. doing the work, looking after the trees. So it's unfortunately the reality is that our street trees and public trees are not getting the attention that they require. And
1: they're one of the things that if you go onto any of the kind of, um, local groups for various suburbs on Facebook, for instance. One of the biggest questions that they're always asking the councillors is, who do I speak to about the trees on my pavement? We've got a problem with the tree on my pavement. And then you always hear in the in the local knock and drops about, this person went and cut a tree on their pavement down and they're not allowed and they're going to get fined, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, if I've got a major problem with a tree, where I did, where the, the branch had broken and was about to fall onto the cars that were parking there, um, it takes like two weeks to get anybody to come out and do it. And then they did such an awful job that it actually kind of, you may as well just have left the branch to break off in any case. Why are they so slow on actually coming and doing things
2: about this? And, when, and why won't they let you? you why won't they we let why me? Can, I was quite yeah. prepared to. I why said, can't they be an adopt a tree or adopt your yeah. pavement kind of drive? I mean, we would take, res- as a homeowner, I'd I would be happy to take responsibility. I'd get but you but I'm in not to come to. and
1: prune it for me happily.
2: We've actually
0: discussed that a similar sort of thing with uh, City Parks it was more in line with the, or related to the, the Shothole bore in April last year. We sat, myself, other role players, uh, sat with City Parks in their boardroom and all their managers and regional managers, everybody was there. Pretoria University gave their presentation. And we said, guys, we need to expedite this uh, communication between you and us and homeowners because a lot of people do want to do uh, assist and do the responsible mm. thing and remove a dead tree on their pavement. And we were told, well, we can't do it without permission because they have a tree register of all the trees in the city. I don't know about that. But um, so, you know, we, we, we unfortunately, th- there were no outcomes from that meeting and we haven't heard from them since. So it's very difficult and it's frustrating because we want to do something to help, but we're not getting the response or a response from, from the authorities mm. at city parks. Yeah, I know, and I've, I've been battling with city parks for
1: well, at my house like 30 years to get things done, just for them to come. and There's so many sucker branches and stuff coming over the wall, and trying to get them to do anything is just an absolute nightmare. In fact, I mean, even my next-door neighbor, the tree branch has started growing around, um, an electrical um, wire, you know, which goes... <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, this tree is going to completely engulf and break the electrical wires. And I've reported it and reported it and reported it and nothing happens. Now, this is another thing, and I am going to have a go at city parks. I'm sorry, I am going to, and I've been involved with them over the years and had very good relationships with them. But as you were saying about this Vietnamese borer, the shot Shothole Borer, this is an absolute catastrophe. Mm. They minimized it in a newspaper in the in the press release that was sent out from city park, saying, "No, we don't see it as being a problem. There' have only been eighty nine trees that have been reported or actually been seen. I know of eighty nine alone just in Craig Hall Park. Mm. okay. I walked the area. I have seen what's going on. Why are city parks doing nothing? Do they absolutely have no?" plan whatsoever. I know you're very involved with it, Julian, and, and working with the University of Pretoria to actually try and get something going. What is the prognosis here?
0: Okay, well, there was a press briefing, I think, two days ago, where MMC uh, Sifumba, North Sifumba, was present. Uh, the city park's head arbory culturalist, uh, she calls herself, what's her, um, I can't remember her name, were giving this presentation of what they were doing for the trees, etc., and how they were tagging them and mapping them. However, it doesn't seem like there's much happening in reality. Mm. They are, I don't know how to put it. It, it. it looks like it's really window dressing to me, to be honest with you, to be quite frank. Uh, because we sat with them all that time ago, a year ago, and have heard nothing, I don't believe that they're being entirely honest in their press releases. I thought that disingenuous was quite a good word for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be quite honest because it's a, a major source of frustration for us in the industry. And, you know, they, we, we were supposed to meet with them yesterday and, and the meeting was sort of like cancelled. It was a meeting they actually called and it, somehow it, was, it didn't happen. Sorry, we went to meet with them today. Um, and uh, in reality, I don't believe the city actually has a plan. Mm. What they said in the, in, in the press conference, and this is some, what somebody who was there told me, is that city parks cut down the tree and pick it up or to remove the debris. Mm. Now, apparently pick it up have a problem with removing the debris if it's bore infested. They don't want to. This is what I was told. And I can in a way believe it, but it just shows us that there is no plan because there needs to be a system. You cut down an infected tree, off it goes to the designated dumping site, which we requested last April, which we haven't had. So
1: is there no designated sites No. no so where are no. these trees that are being
0: cut down taken? Well, I don't know. So this is part of the problem. A major... The the main way to deal with this issue is management of it because there's no chemical controls. Mm. So you need to manage the problem. So that's reproductive host trees have to be taken down. And if you're going to really be strict and want to sanitize a, a, a place, you have to take down the reproductive host trees, take away that environment for them to breed in. And that's what was explained to the city, and nothing has happened. We've identified land where they should be. What they could use to chip the wood and then solarize it, mm. a good piece, of, a vast piece of land just out in, within the city. So they're expecting you as a homeowner to cut down your tree and put black tarp over it. So, you know, if you've got a 100-year-old oak tree, uh, you cut it down and cut it into pieces and, in the middle of your lawn because it's got to get hot enough, and then put black tarp over it to kill the beetle. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You can't do that. There has to be a plan. Another issue we have is they seem to be only wanting people to report street trees or public space trees to them. They don't seem to want to know what's happening in your garden. And it's very important because it's part of the problem. You can't only tell you the trees that are infected in the streets. You need to know what's happening in a suburb. If you drive through Dunkeld now, there's street trees that are dying and there are loads of trees dying in in the properties. Mm. So the the whole thing has been mismanaged. You can't even say that because they haven't managed it.
1: They haven't done anything yet.
0: So
2: mm. so what do I do as a homeowner? I I find this tree and it looks yes, it looks strange and I've got all these signs that I've read in the press and whatnot. You know, what is it, as a homeowner, what do I do? You know? Okay, so we um, were burning the wood.
0: I we've got a, a a plot in an area that's now semi-industrial. The volume increased, so did the smoke and the mess, and we got mm. complaints. So we've had to stop doing that because our neighbors on our office parks mm. and warehouses and so on. So a lot of the wood is now there's there, there's a, a there's a um, dumping ground that's been a- earmarked or should I say a- adopted as the unofficial dumping site where everybody is taking their wood and I've spoken to other guys in industry because we all ask them the same question where are you taking your wood mm. and it's all going to this place which is okay because it's one place but it's still not part of a a program it's not part of a, a, a city. Um, constructed program, so everybody 's kind of doing their own thing hmm. and I can tell you now, although pick it up say that they don 't want to deal with infected wood it 's all going to the a lot of it is going to the municipal dumps anyway
1: and it 's not being mon- monitored at all no, because no, people no. are cutting their trees down and just taking it there
0: well, all these guys that you say are you know the guys on the side of the road are cutting down trees, cutting down a tree, and they take it to the to that dump yeah. in fact, this is quite scary. city park sent a team of subcontractors to cut down a dead tree in Craigle Park, uh, a that that died mm. of borer. The guys arrived without any safety equipment. They arrived in a bucky. The homeowner came out and said, hey, where are you taking this wood? Uh, somewhere in Midrand r- r- was the reply. Now, these are people that are sent out by the city to come and deal with a tree. And they're climbing in a dead tree without any safety equipment. The branches lay there for two weeks. Only, I, I posted it on social media. Then I believe that there was a bit of a hoo-ha and, and, they, and they came and sorted it out. Mm. But... Th- this just shows you how bad the, or, or how useless the organization is because even their contractors are not aware of the bora. They do not even have anything about the bora on their website.
1: No, because apparently, according to City Parks, it's not a problem. I mean, what trees are they going for? Obviously, I know about the Aesanagundo.
0: So Aesanagundo, English Oak, London Plain, Chinese Maple, Erythrina. So various of the acacias, which we now know either Vakilia or uh, Senegalia, mm. but various of the acacias. And we won't have any English oak trees, I believe, in, in Johannesburg in ten, fifteen 15 years' time. They'll all be gone.
1: And they're also going for things like avocado and citrus, aren't they?
0: Not, uh, I haven't heard of citrus, and I know it was a big problem with avocado trees in California, but I haven't seen major infestations in avocado trees here in Johannesburg. The bigger problem is obviously it's going to hit the winelands and those older oak trees will be gone. Mm. It's a matter of time. And everybody was originally saying, well, the Jo'burg people are going to bring it to, It's going to come from Naisner because that's only four hours away and they are being hammered by it George area.
1: But where did it come from? I mean, how did it get to Naisner? Why is it in Johannesburg? Where did it, I mean, we know it's
0: Vietnamese, so it's from Southeast Asia originally. If we could track it, it would be wonderful. But, we, you know, it's very, very difficult to say because it's it's all over the place. It's mm. in Durban, it's in Joburg, it's in Pumalanga, it's in the Western Cape along the Georgianizer area. So it's very difficult to say where it started. I do know that I think the two worst affected areas are Craig Hall being mm. what I call the epicenter of it and the way it's affected the trees in, in George. I believe that they've, they've actually posted signage up saying, watch out, dead falling branches.
1: Michael, have you checked your trees?
2: Yeah, now my trees seem to be okay, and I, you know, I'm keeping a close eye on them because some of them are pretty big. Um, the question on, on my lips would be, as a landscape who wants to plant trees all the time and encourages it, you know, what should I be planting yeah, if I'm putting something new places. into the ground? You
0: know? <laughs> so, yeah, we, we need to obviously look at the list of what is affected and not plant those, obviously. I mean, the, the list of what's affected is affected and... What you shouldn't plant is much shorter than what you, what's available to you to plant. So you really need to refer to the list, which is on um, the JUFA website. It's one of the places where you can find it. What Joburg, is it, JUFA? Yeah, Joburg Urban Forest Alliance. They have the, the, the list there. But obviously, I, I mean, we ha- I gave a talk to the South African Nurserymen's Association, and they're all very concerned because they say 50% of what they grow is what, they, what, what is on the list. Mm. So now they have a problem. So I've said to them, you need to start growing other, other trees. In place, because there's a London plane tree, in my opinion, is not going to be a desirable tree because it's going to be you're going to plant it and it's going to get the borer.
1: How many trees do you reckon are going to die, and how long have we got in Johannesburg alone?
0: Oh, well, I mean a figure, but I think uh, there's a figure been banding around of 30 percent of the trees. But I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really, it's going to be a different city in in 10 years' time. Very no, different, no
1: longer the urban forest.
0: Sadly, it's going to change.
1: Mm, so, if um, what are the, the just quickly, what are the signs that people should be looking
0: out for? Every tree presents it differently, but the main thing you need to look for is a, a, is a hole and there's often some kind of a secretion or a stain around it. It goes blue. Some of the, on the Ace and it goes mm. a blue, purpley color. On the, on the London Plain, it's a tea stain sort of color. Uh, on the Erythrine, it's a very small white, what we call a sugar volcano type thing around the hole. Um, on the maples, again, it's, a, it's sort of like a discoloration around the hole. And, on, you know, it's, uh, and some of them actually exude a lot of, of sap, For example, brachychitin or kapok, you can actually see the gel piles Mm -hmm. on the bottom of the ground around it, and the fruit trees push out a lot of amber, and so are the acacias. So you've got to look for any kind of secretion or stain on the outside of the tree. That's from far away. Then you need to get close, and you're looking for a hole the size of the the point of a big ballpoint pen, Mm -hmm. because this beetle is the size of a sesame seed. Yeah, people are
1: thinking, I've, I've become the unofficial checker of trees in my area because we're quite close to Craig Hall. Mm. And people will send me a message on our groups and say, can you come and look at my tree? And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's just termites. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you do to get rid of termites now. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: what causes the actual damage? It's Is it the beetle? Or it's the is fungus it the that fungus. the beetle brings us. So it's a unique because it brings
0: its own food with it, and it needs the moisture in the tree to grow that food. Mm. So it's not the beetle itself, but it's the fungus that the beetle rubs off as it's tunneling yeah. into the yeah. tree.
1: And then that m- makes food for the little babies that grows Mm.
0: inside the tree that's why it's a reproductive host and of course they're incestuous because she breeds with her offspring so that's what (sighs) makes them proliferate even more there's no need to find a mate yeah she gives birth to her mates
1: so they just go wherever and they're Mm. tiny 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 little things now if people do suspect that they may have an issue obviously getting hold of city parks is not the way to go at this stage how do they get hold of you
0: Well, they can get onto our our, our website, treeworks.co.za. They can call us on 011-884-8088, and we are absolutely inundated at the moment. I'm sure. Um, But at least you're ethical, and I know that
1: your stuff, what you're doing with it is actually the right thing
0: to do. Yeah, look, city parks do have a reporting mechanism, which they put out a few days ago. Mm. So if people want to report trees, they they still should do so. Mm. The action that will follow, I don't don't know what will happen. Scary stuff, eh, Michael? Yeah, very scary.
2: But but I think it's it's up to us once again to take. You know, we have to own it. Mm. Um, and if we start owning it, at least you know we start to feel that we are not powerless, mm. which I think a lot of people feel at this point. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, Julian, thank you very much. I'm sure we're going to be having a follow up on this in the not too distant future to see how many trees we we've lost. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> not for just the eighty nine that they said in mm. the press release, which is absolutely just in one area, let alone the whole of Johannesburg. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with something a little bit happier next week. So uh, <laughs> don't forget to join us, Michael. Have fun. Yes, get out I there. Will, smile. Yeah, no, okay, I will go smile. Go hug
2: a tree before it dies. I'll, I'll hug a healthy tree, and then uh, and then I'll be back next week.
1: All right. And the rest of you, get out there, enjoy your trees, and stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.